I invite you to join me for some playful yoga classes at Power of Your Own. We overlook the beautiful Santa Ynez Mountains in the heart of downtown Santa Barbara and are known as the friendliest yoga studio in California. Locals can take advantage of our introductory offer of two weeks of unlimited sessions for only 40 bucks. Go to powerofyourom.com to sign up. That's powerofyourom.com. Welcome to the Messy Progress Podcast, the show that will give you the courage and confidence to get messy, uncaged, and liberated so that you're living your most vibrant life. I'm your host, Adrian Smith, and I'm so stoked that you're here. Let's jump right in. Have you ever noticed how reactive you can be with certain people in certain circumstances and yet cool as a cucumber in others? It's pretty fascinating when you start to get aware of it. And what's even wilder is that it most likely started because of how your parents modeled this when you were young. Today, I'm talking with Anat Puri, an inner child expert and mentor to coaches. With 18 years of experience in developmental work and years of study as a trauma-informed coach, Anat has beautifully combined mindset, somatic healing, and inner child reparenting to create her unique and massively needed business today. In today's episode, Anat will walk us through the five stages of healing, awareness, acceptance, getting to the root, replacing, integration, and stabilization. No matter where you are in your life at this moment, Anat shares an exercise for accessing each of these five stages in a really simple way. We spend a good amount of time breaking down inner child work and why it matters for all of us. I found that it was incredible. Not only during our talk, I was learning so many new tools for myself, but I was carrying these small shifts and awareness with me afterwards as well. Anat and I share a radically honest conversation and it's guaranteed to awaken you to your potential and inspire you to pursue your unique path. Let's jump right in. Here we are. I'm so excited to have you with us today, Anat. And I want to start, one of my favorite ways to start is by Mm -hmm. talking about our, what I term our whoops and poops of the day so far. So there's the like whoop whoop, and then there's the poop. And we're both on the same time zone, so it's roughly 10 a.m. I don't know how long you've been up yet, but share about what's your whoops and poops so far today. Let's see. Great night's sleep, snuggles with the husband in the morning. You know, it's like cold in the room because we're in this like dry, no humidity time period in Southern California. So yeah, just like warm morning snuggles, I'd say is the uh, the whoop whoop, the poop. Um, having this like raspy thing in my throat. So if you guys hear me coughing at any point, <clears throat> it's like suddenly, you know, I, I don't know, have like a furball there or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things you like, you can't do anything about either. It's just there. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it just started like five minutes ago as I'm about to go on this podcast. I'm like, now? Yeah. So that feels poopy. <laughs> you know, my husband was telling me yesterday, he was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast and he was, um, it was the interview he did with Elon Musk. And apparently it was like a late night mm-hmm. podcast. They were starting to go, they started drinking and then they started, it was getting late. It was like <laughs> 11 o'clock at night. And then they started getting hungry. So they ordered pizza. And while they were doing the podcast, they started, they were eating on the podcast. And Jason said, while my husband said, while he was listening to it, he's like, the worst sound ever to listen to is to listen to someone chewing and talking at the same time. And, um, and then right after that, (laughs) they were saying, they're like, you know what, it's probably terrible for people that are listening to hear us, you know, eating, we're not eating on this, but you know, we all, I feel like what we were talking about right before getting online was Mm -hmm. there's like some nasty colds going around too. So it's just like, the topic of this, the, the the title of this podcast is Messy Progress. And sometimes we wait to do the, the thing that we want to do until everything's like perfect and glamorous. And really that doesn't exist in life. We just kind of have to throw ourselves in and, and clear our throat every once in a while, right? <clears throat> yep. There, there it is. Yes. <laughs> um, tell me about some routines or perhaps one routine that you do every day or almost every day that you are loving right now. 
Uh, <laughs> I laugh. It's my afternoon around like two thirty matcha, like iced matcha. <laughs> my routine of I've just come off of like hours of calls or meetings because most of that stuff I like to do in the morning and I'm like ready to get into my like creative hours and space and so uh I don't drink coffee because I'd be bouncing off the walls but when I want to get into that like creative space uh, I I giggled because I'm like that is my current routine right now it's like around 2 30 I make myself like an iced matcha with some coconut milk and as soon as I have like a few sips of that I'm just in the zone in creative zone for the next few hours come off of that go to my degree workout and call it a day by six o'clock sweet what was the workout that you said legree what is that have you heard of legree no oh my god okay so it's funny it it's it hasn't become a household name yet Kind of like Pilates was 10, 15 years ago. So Legree, the machine is similar to a a Pilates reformer machine. Similar. But the exercise is nothing like it. (laughs) So uh, the workouts are about 40 minutes. It's a guided class. And it's um, all about how slow you can go in each movement. So it's a full body workout. And they'll work out like the whole left side of the body and then the whole right side of the body and because you're moving really slow in every movement of it you have to activate the right muscles i used to do pilates and what i found is sometimes you know you're like getting the reps in and you're just going at it and you're not really paying attention to am i activating the right muscles with this you have to some things are like an eight count you know and so you're in constant burn from one thing to the next. It is uh, full body, like I said, and probably the best workout I've ever done for like building strength and getting it mm-hmm. done in 40 minutes. So how long I did you am certain... first started to not be sore? Oh, I still get sore. Okay. Yeah, I still get sore. What's great about it is it's not something that necessarily gets easier. It's something that actually could get harder because you can challenge yourself more. There's different levels as to like how you could do each one. Um, So yeah, I am certain they have studios where you're at in Santa Barbara. So if you just Google Legree, L-A-G-R-E-E. Yeah. I'll also check that out. Yeah. I know know there's a bunch in LA. Yeah. But it's interesting. There's so many boutique fitness studios around us. um, And yeah, like so many different little niche niches of, of things that people offer. And it's just a matter of sometimes just asking people like, what do you do? And then, then all of a sudden, I bet you now I'm going to hear it like seven times in the next week. Exactly. Yeah. And then you have to check it out. I mean, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I love it. Did you start it because you were built, you wanted to build strength? Um, Yeah. So my sister-in-law had been doing it for a few years talking to me about it and now looking back hindsight 2020 I'm like I wish I did it sooner because uh wow am I getting in like the best shape of my life um yeah yeah I wanted I wanted to build strength and I had been working with a strength trainer a few times a week for about a year and then I do yoga um a few times a month uh, but yeah, I wanted something that like, I'm not a gym goer. I like, don't want to go to the gym and do all these different equipments. And especially, I mean, if I'm working with a trainer, yes, but on my own, mm, no, I'm just not going to push myself hard enough on my own. <laughs> so I like being in classes and, um, I was visiting my sister-in-law in Maui and she's like, all right, let's go to a class. I'm like, yeah, I got to see what the hype is all about. Cause she goes like six days a week. She loves it that much. And I went and I I went to an intro class and I could not believe the parts of my body that were sore. So it wasn't just about being sore. It's parts that it activated. Like uh, I thought I broke a rib. Oh yeah. And I was like, I oh those- no, I didn't break a rib. Those are the those are my abs over here in that area. <gasps> I'm like, whoa. 
So I was really impressed the parts of my body that got sore. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of like legs and glutes in it. And I'm always sore in that area afterwards. So yeah, so I loved it. And then the studio is literally like a four minute walk from my house. So I love being able to walk there too. So like no excuses. <laughs> no excuses. Yeah, exactly. That and, and that's a part of it too. You know, I think uh, when you don't have to drive somewhere, um, but I'm also just hooked on it. Like I, I always look forward to it. Yeah. I, at first thought it's, it's pretty hard. Um, I was like, how does she go every day? And then I'm just, I only do like a 12 package for like, you know, three times a week, but sometimes I'm just like craving it more. So uh-huh. it's that good. So regarding what you just spoke about with accountability, it sounds like of going to a class, doing strength training in that kind of setting versus on your own. You're a coach for people Mm -hmm. who are coaches themselves, correct? Mm -hmm. And so it's an interesting thing is like, I've call it um, athletics or call it business or um, life. We could be thinking like, oh, if I have someone that's helping me in this area, you know, some sort of, it's not imposter syndrome necessarily, but sort of like, oh, I don't need a coach. Like I already do this myself, but people who are running businesses need coaches. People who are athletes need coaches. People who are coaches themselves need coaches. And you, it sounds like you got your start and correct me if I'm wrong with coaching other coaches because you saw that there was, or heard rather a lack of confidence in their ability to coach as well as like a clear method that they were delivering their clients. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I started out, you know, as a coach myself, transformational coach, healer, doing inner child work. And um, eight years ago, been in the industry 18 years. And I, I never thought I'd be here mentoring other coaches and healing professionals. It was never part of my plan. But about a year into me um, coaching and working with my clients, I had them saying to me, I want to learn to do what you do. Like, I have to learn this method. How can I learn this? And it took me another like three years of hearing that before I was like, okay, now I'm ready. Part of it was like a bit of imposter. Like, who am I? I'm still like, really? You want to learn my method? Like, I was always very humble about that. And part of it was just um, not <laughs> not having the method refined. Like, I'm like, how do I teach you this? I don't know. I just do it. And so I like set the intention four years in to really get clear on what is my process? What is my method? Because whatever they're experiencing, they're wanting but I don't seem to have it mapped out. And so I got it mapped out that year. And just in time for when COVID hit, lockdown happened. And I'm like, okay, no better time than now. People are at home, locked down, wanting more support. And that's when I launched the first round of my certification program. Um, Where I'm at today is I have shifted more to being a mentor as opposed to being the coach myself where I used to work with anybody that needed healing. And it's because this is an industry that has really exploded. Actually, I think really since COVID, everybody wants to be some kind of coach and, you know, the world needs it, but there's, there is a lack of what, what I notice when people come to me that love coaching and have been doing some facet of it. Like I have a client right now who's like sex and relationship coach and she loves talking about all that stuff but she realizes that most of the time when her clients come to her there's a whole lot of bag of worms <laughs> that we need to clear up before she could actually get into the juicy intimacy sex stuff and um, they're just not equipped they don't have a method they don't know and they end up being reactive with their clients a lot trying to fix their problems instead of really helping them, helping them feel empowered to create the life that they desire, helping them know that like they could build the emotional resiliency to handle whatever life gives them, like really equipping your clients to not depend on you, 
There's a lot of codependency that happens in, in coaching in health as well. Like what you're referring to here, you know, when people feel like, Oh, I can't go to the gym if I don't have a trainer with me, cause I'm not going to do it. And, um, that is pretty true for me. Not that I can't, I don't want to, it's not my style and it's okay. When it comes to that, you can find alternatives. You can find group classes. So there's many ways and people just have to find what it is that's true for them. But the coach has to be equipped to really deliver on it. And there's a lack of that in the industry right now because people are going into it, not having a clear method, not having a clear process. And that leaves you reactive instead of proactive in your facilitation. So talk about that when you said you mapped out your program, like you didn't have it, you were kind of like, people want something, but I don't know how to lay it out or I haven't laid it out, but I'm clearly doing it already. How did you go through that process for yourself of creating this five-step method um, of your process? More reps. So I went from working, you know, my, my model was mainly retreats back then. I've led over 30 retreats. And I was only working with like maximum six people at a retreat every two months. So I wasn't getting enough of the sessions in and reps in to really be like, okay, what is the repeated thing that I keep seeing with people that it's like, okay, when this happens, do this, when that, do this, when this, do that, right? To to really connect the dots there. And so I started offering more virtual work as well. And so the amount of sessions that I was doing really helped me start to see and just having intention around it. Like it was literally my intention. I'm like, my whole intention this year is that by the end of this year, I'm clear on what is the step-by-step so that I can duplicate myself, that I could teach this to someone else and they could do this as well. Mm -hmm. And so were you seeing, like you saw patterns, like, oh, if I do this, someone does this, or they share this, then this is where they go next. Mm -hmm. And so it was in that Mm -hmm. listening, it sounds like that you then created Mm -hmm. the thing that was needed. Like it didn't need to be something that you sat there and you're like, hmm, what do I need to do? And think about it real hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, it came from like, okay, I've had years at that point, you know, uh, 14 years of experience methods. And when I would go into session, I don't really, I I'm just, sometimes I follow my step-by-step process. Sometimes I'm just very intuitive just because I have years of experience. So I don't really, I, I can be messy with it, so to speak. I can be in the unknown with it. And so that's why when my clients started coming to me at first and saying, I want to learn to do what you do, I was like, huh? I was like, I don't even know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm in such flow state around it. It's so second nature to me that I couldn't even tell you all the pieces of it. And so I really, it, the more I heard the demand and the desire for it, the more I forced myself to be like, okay, I'm not, you get to just slow down and pay attention and map it out because I'm a natural things just naturally come to me. I channel a lot and I was like, you can't, you can't really teach that. So you got to map it out. Yeah. I love that because it's, it sounds like there's a structure always in place that you follow just naturally. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be like, I need to write out this outline and have this be the thing that happens every time, but it's just kind of in your backbone as a skeleton. And then from there it's, you can kind of go in different directions, but inherently coming back to this process. Yeah. That I mean, now it's, now, now it's very clear. It's mm-hmm. very systemized, which is good for people. It's kind of like great training wheels. And then there's always, everyone has their own natural gift. You could say I took my natural gift and mapped it out. <laughs> um, but I tell people, my, my clients, <clears throat> my coaches, I'm like, yeah, take the training wheels, do it exactly as it's designed. And then as you do that, you'll also feel so safe and comfortable to allow your natural gifts to shine through that you can weave into it in whatever way. 
Is there any kind of process that you offer in that? Like, okay, do it. I, I, I'm asking, I'll, I mean, we're going to rewind for a second. So when I first took my yoga teacher training back in like 2008, I remember my teacher at the time saying, teach this specific sequence exactly as it's written. Don't add any music. Don't deviate from it and do that for two years. And I was like, I am a good student. I am going to follow the rules. <laughs> And now I've been teaching for 15, 16 years and I don't do that anymore because I have the ability to yeah. deviate and see and, and play and be natural. And if you confine me to a box, immediately I'm going to want to break through, not listen to the rules and say, <laughs> and like kind of you're call, so comfortable in it. Yeah. And like kind of call well, bullshit. You've, out, let's say, you've outgrown the box. Yeah. You've mastered the box and you're like, this is boring. I've outgrown this box. So you wouldn't want to follow the rules now, but a brand new person would be like, what is this box? <laughs> Let me get to know this the box. The box keeps me, me safe in a way. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So part of it, yes, it's actually interesting as I've gone through it. Um, it's not that people would toss it all out and, and I'll share it here. I like giving stuff away. You know, I call it the five stages of healing. And as you listen to this, if you're on your own healing journey, you might recognize why you, why you're still dealing with that thing, <laughs> what stages you might've skipped and if you're a coach or facilitator yourself in, in, in any capacity, you might recognize why you struggle with your clients in a certain way because you're not taking them through these stages. So stage one is awareness. And it's, you know, there's always a certain level of awareness that someone has when they come to you. And that awareness is usually the thing that they want to fix. <laughs> the thing that had them come to you is, and, and that in and of itself is limiting because it's usually just the like top of mind issue and they're not uncovering, well, what is underneath that? So there's like, oh, I, um, you know, I'm, I struggle with, like my with with relationships, right? I'm looking to fall in love. I'm looking for my person, and it's like, okay, well, you can't just go and work with a relationship coach. It's going to teach you all the um, all the steps to like you know all the tricks to land a man or something. You have to look at yourself, right? Deeper. So people come with like whatever their top of line top of mind challenge is. And awareness, the opportunity and awareness, whether you are a coach or yourself, is to also uncover your survival patterns underneath it, your, your, the behaviors, the limiting beliefs that are there. So there's a lot that could, there's a lot more to uncover in awareness. Thinking of yourself as a garden that's full of weeds, that's never been tended to, and you can see the biggest weeds but in awareness it's like well let's go look at the whole garden and let's uncover what's what what else is there that may currently be creating that weed or that's creating this um that's still dormant so that a lot of times you know depending on how old you are now i'm in my 40s uh, old enough to know that life will continue to give you challenges and opportunities. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily get easier. And that in those challenges and opportunities, certain things will come up that never did before. You know, you think you know yourself and then you get into a relationship movement with your partner and then you discover more about yourself. You think you know yourself and then you become a parent and then more things come up that never did. So instead of being um reactive to the triggers and things that we deal with that we're aware of it's an opportunity to become proactive with let's not just deal with the weeds that are huge but let's look at the full garden so that we can uncover what we don't know that we don't know yet that we learn blind spots sounds like like the blind spots like, like there's like a little weed. It's tiny, but you've only been looking at the big weed. And it's like, oh, but that little one also is 
is doing something to the whole um, ecosystem. Yeah. 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 And a lot, a lot of my work, so it's like twofold. I have a, I have a method and a process and the method goes into the process. The process is the five stages, the method, a lot of the methodology, the foundational methodology that is, that will work for every human being is rooted in our childhood is the inner child work is understanding that what we all have in common is that we all came from a mom and a dad. We all had parents, whether they were present in our life, functional, dysfunctional is different, but we all had that experience where we were born into this world and depended on our mom and dad to be role models for us. And that everything that we learned, we learned from them by the age of seven. And you learn it by what you see, what you hear, what you feel energetically, and you either copy, rebel, or survive. And so your script, if you are a movie, if your life is a movie, everything you learned, you learned by that age from them. Yes, there's influence of society and teachers and siblings and all of that. But we inherently look at mom as a role model for self because we were connected to her. And we don't know, we don't see her as separate the first few years. Mm -hmm. So mom is your teacher, so to speak, for everything related to yourself. And then dad is everything that is not the self, is other, the world, relationship with others. And um, I've tested this out hundreds of times. Someone can come to me, tell me their challenge. And I'm like, let me guess, your mother was like this or your dad was like that. (laughs) So it's pretty accurate. Sometimes there's influence of both. And sometimes it doesn't look like mom. It looks exactly the opposite because you either copy or rebel. So foundationally, we're always looking at the foundation of what did you learn and that it's not who you are. It's what you learn. And if you learned it, you can unlearn it. And so when we're looking at what we think about these weeds as our limiting beliefs, as the behaviors and things that we learned, like I said before, there's some that are going to be really obvious like the, the the main characters in your movie. And then there are some that haven't come on stage yet that you may not realize. I have heard so many times. It's like, oh my God, I didn't realize how much I was like my mother until I became a mom. Hmm. Cause then all those ways that mom modeled to you of how she mothered showed up. So the, uh, the, the opportunity in having a foundational method is that, we're going to uncover what did you learn from mom in the areas of development that you really needed in order to develop. So your self-esteem, your ability to take care of your own needs and wants, to connect to yourself, to be connected to yourself and your own inner experience, to be responsible for yourself and Know your limits and boundaries with yourself. To see these as like subjects that mom was the teacher for. And either she modeled something functional or dysfunctional. You said we either copy, rebel. Was there another part? Survive. Survive, okay. So if there was a traumatic experience and it could be, you know, a big T trauma, you know, whether that is abuse, neglect, physical, sexual, you know, divorce, things like that. Or it could be, I mean, trauma for for a little kid could be like, mom forgot to pick me up from baseball practice. And I thought that like, she was never coming for me. So, um, or mom and dad were just having a fight because adults fight and you just sat there and froze in it and you didn't know what to do. And it happened every night. And so you would just go hide in your room. Um, So it's incidences, right? Trauma is any experience that your nervous system didn't have a capacity to fully process. It's an incident that in that moment, you created some way to survive that, to, to deal with that, right? 
So that's what it looks like survival. Copying is just copying. Like if mom was always busy, busy, running around, taking care of the house and everyone and everything, but you never saw her sit down and take care of herself. Never saw her do anything for herself. She was just go, 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 busy mom. You might've learned to always keep busy and to put others first and don't have needs or your needs don't matter because that's what you saw mom model to you. Or like you do the complete opposite, right? If you were always really upset that mom was a particular way, you're just like, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to be the exact opposite. I'm going to do the opposite. And that's usually more of a little later age, you know, as opposed to like two, three, <laughs> it's a later age where you have more cognitive choice of I'm, I'm not going to be like her. And thinking that being the opposite is actually being yourself when it's really still just um, a way to avoid. So none of these are actually who you are. And you use the phrase, you said you're either being reactive or proactive. And so it sounds like Mm -hmm. once you can look at these things and be like, oh, I have been doing these things, or I'm now noticing, wow, I do keep myself quite busy. And I see that there's this tie to that, you know, being what I saw when as a kid, I can make a choice. I'm not going to do that anymore. And it's like, now I'm separating from that and I'm not going to be in reaction to it constantly. I'm going to be, I'm going to, oh yeah, I actually still want to keep busy. I'm being proactive or no, now I'm not going to do that anymore. And I'm, that's also proactive. Yeah. Yeah. So the reactive versus proactive, um, well, I'll, 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 I'll explain more, uh, specifically to what you're saying as I get into the other stages, because it's not so simple of like, I'm not just going to be that way, but Mm -hmm. proactive meaning that we're not waiting to be triggered by that or to be, let's say, uh, burnt out. (laughs) If if your pattern is to always keep busy and never take care of yourself, are you waiting to experience burnout in your life to realize that you do this? So it's the opportunity being proactive of like, let's look at the full script of what we learned instead of just the things that are triggering us right now in our life. Do we want to wait for that or do we want to be proactive in really choosing and, and, and assessing these areas that for us to operate as our highest self, really living, um, the, uh, you could say, best life, less messy life, (laughs) got to be proactive in these areas. Like you want to know that, do I have good limits and boundaries with myself? How about with others? Do I ask for what I need and want from others? Or am I, you know, so independent? Mm -hmm. Do I know how to connect to myself? Do I know how to be authentic with others? So these are the subjects that it's like, you, you want to go back and assess, what did I learn? <laughs> and is there something that I want to unlearn there? And it sounds like there's two so, parts to it. It's like, there's the, what did I learn? And then what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you're like looking at Absolutely. the whole, like thinking about that garden um, analogies that you brought up before, it's sort of like, well, here it is. What was learned mm-hmm. and what did I start to do? And what what do I actually now, what, what am I now aware of? So it sounds like yeah. we haven't obviously yeah. gotten to these other steps yet, but it's like, it's not just a linear process. It's a constant going back and forth and kind of crossing over. Yeah, yeah. So, and in my, in my virtual program, uh, I have modules in there and each module is an area of development. So you can be like, okay, we're looking at needs and wants and what you learned from mom about how to give yourself what you need and want. And I'll literally map out, here's what it looks like when it's functional. Here's a bunch, a whole list of ways that it looks like when it's functional. Here's what the dysfunction of it looks. And you'd be amazed how many people, especially with limits and boundaries, are like, oh, I thought I had good limits and boundaries. And then I read your, and then I went through the module and I'm like, oh, wow, there is actually more room for me to develop in this way. And so you start to see, oh, well, I'm, I'm dysfunctional in this way. Yeah, I, I don't do that. Where did I, who did I learn that from? 
What did mom model to me in this area? What had me get to this point? So there's a constant ability to explore it yourself. Um, a fun, I, I wanna give everyone a fun tool that you could do in awareness that is uh, that, that you could apply right now. Whatever you're triggered by, because yes, we don't wanna be reactive. <laughs> we wanna be proactive, and but sometimes to be proactive, you need to be in a program. <laughs> to get the full thing, but what can you do right now if you're struggling with something in your life? So you know when you're struggling with something in your life, hopefully you have that best friend that you can go to. And you know, your best friend is someone that you can have no, you don't need to have a filter with, you can be completely raw, real, and they're gonna hold the space for you. So I have a new best friend for you, and it's your journal. It's a piece or a piece of paper and a pen. So you go grab that piece of paper and pen and you or or dictate it if you speak faster than you can write or type it, whatever it is. But I want you to imagine that you are speaking to your best friend. No filter, doesn't have to be full sentences. And whatever is occupying right now that space that thing that is keeping you up at night or that's triggering you that's bothering you that's creating fear for you anxiety whatever dump it all out write it all out just keep writing dump it all out all out all out and then go back and when you read it circle or highlight anywhere that you wrote i am dot 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 I feel dot, dot, dot. I feel like dot, dot, dot. Or I can't dot, dot, dot. I want dot, dot, dot. So all the I feel like, I feel, I am, that's your inner child. That's the part of you that needs your attention right now. And that's the I feel like dot, dot, dot is usually followed up by some limiting belief. That is something that you are saying that you are, right? That is a belief you have. And so you circle that. And then you get to ask yourself, who did I learn this from? Whose energy is this? Who modeled this to me? I feel like nobody listens to me. I feel like I'm all alone. I feel like life is always hard. So then say, yeah, who modeled this to me? Life is hard or you have to do things yourself or you're all alone. Oh, that was mom. Oh, that was dad. And then you can start to explore it yourself in that way. Is it, what, is it what I saw, heard, or felt? Did I copy? Did I rebel? And so there's a bit of like, you can come to more awareness that way and start to separate yourself from feeling like this is who I am to, oh, this is just who I learned to be. Mm. And then, and I say your inner child, because to me, your inner child is the part of you that is, is also your emotions. It's a part of you that feels, it's the part of you that needs the nurturing, needs the reparenting. There's other parts. The other parts are your ego, your inner critic, your shadow, which is the party that just wants to hide in shame, and your heart. That's your desires. The I want dot, dot, dot is like, is your true desire, but you can't get to that desire if, or your access to it is that inner child. Think about a child when they're upset, do they want to go be creative and play? No, they want you to hold them. But as soon as you hold them and let them have that experience, and they've done studies on this at Harvard, you can move through any emotion in 90, or not any, I should say it differently. Emotions last about 90 seconds if you're not resisting them. So if you give a child full permission to feel what they're feeling, they'll move through that in 90 seconds, and then they'll go out and play. And That's they'll be ready to create again. It's remarkable so, because I feel like it's easy to see in a, a kid. I have a six-year-old. And so I've yeah. been in many moments where we're, mm -hmm. you know, who knows even what the issue was, but then I'm like, 
you know, what can I do to support you? What do you need? And I'm like, and you know, she might not be able to say it, but then I'm like, do you want a hug? Do you want to snuggle? And then we'll sit in that. And then it's, I don't even know how we got there. I don't even know what the episode was sometimes, but I look at it as, as, as an adult and I'm like, oh, I do that too, but I don't give myself that time to just sit in it. I go and I, you know, do back to the, like what we were just talking about. I was like, oh, I busy myself. I get on my computer. I pull up my phone. I don't even give myself a moment to sit with something. And 90 seconds is a short amount of time, but also long amount of time if we don't give ourselves that space. But it's something that I, as a parent, it's so crazy to be like, I give that to my daughter. Why don't I give that to myself? And do you see that she moves through it in about 90 seconds? Oh yeah. Like now that you bring that up, I'm like, that's really what is happening. That is, that is truth. And then she's like ready to go and create again. So again, your access to your heart and your desires and more ability to act in the world, be in action is going to come from you holding that little one, right? Giving yourself that time to feel what is there. Which brings me to stage number two. Stage two is acceptance. And believe it or not, this is the hardest stage for people to get past because they want to logic it. Like, yeah, oh, I accept that that happened. Yeah, you know, you know, it's okay. They logic their way. They mindset their way out of it. They bypass themselves. They gaslight themselves in the experience. Or it's like, uh, or they say, I don't want to feel this way anymore. How do I fix this? Let me fix this. And acceptance is about learning to be with what is, whether that's the feeling that you're having, the thing that happened in the past, the thing, you know, your current reality with nothing to change, nothing to fix, just being with it. And it's the resistance to that a lot of times that keeps it there longer. Mm-hmm. And what we want to bring to it is love, curiosity, and compassion. So I have another practice for everyone listening. <clears throat> Anytime you feel, right, you could, you could do this also with after you journal and you identify that thing, uh, or if you're feeling a strong emotion. Like yesterday, I was just feeling, I was feeling shitty. You know, I was just like, I I don't know what it is, but I'm not motivated. I'm feeling, uh, what was the word I had? Uh, fresh, a lot of frustration yesterday. So picturing yourself in your safe space, whatever that is, if it's your bedroom, if it's outside in nature, whatever that place is for you, And picturing your little self, your younger self, walking into that room. Kind of like when your daughter walks into your room, right? Because she's having some experience. And she's the part of you that's saying, I feel this way. I believe this thing. I feel, you know, like for me, I I feel anxious today. I feel frustrated. What does she need to hear in that moment? What does she need to feel? So it's taking it out of, you know, it's really doing this visualization with yourself. Because like you said, you don't give yourself that same time that you give to your daughter. So it requires slowing down for that moment and imagining that part of you walking into the room and saying, I feel, I feel frustrated today. And then bringing love, compassion, curiosity to it. Tell me more. It's okay. I'm here. Let me hold you. It's okay that you feel this way. However long you need to feel this way. There's nothing to fix. There's nothing to change. So starting to have that inner dialogue with your inner child and accepting it. And then also, if it's creating a strong sensation in your body, getting back in your body, tracking. Where do I feel this? Doing, taking a few deep breaths to ground back into your body. Scan your body. Find that safe place in your body. Safe place means somewhere that feels ushy, gushy, warm, comfy. Ooh, I just got, I just got um, 
tingles in my left leg. Ooh, okay, yeah, that's that feels ushy gushy. Thank you. Literally, that just happened. And then being like, okay, where am I holding this frustration? Where do I feel that? Oh, it's in my, it's in my throat. And getting curious about it at the level of felt sensation. Sensations is the language of the nervous system. And the more we can speak in that language, the more we're speaking to our nervous system and the nervous system can digest and process what is occurring and bring you back to feeling safe and calm. A lot of times when we are speaking at the level of our mind, it's we're labeling good or bad. I feel anxious. Uh-oh, how do I stop that? I feel horny. Ooh, more of that, please. <laughs> right? We we put it into either good emotion, yes, more of that, bad, how do I fix this, make this go away, check out from this, numb out from this, run away from this. And yeah, so presence, but, it sounds too. It's like a what's next? What's to, what's there to do about it versus like actually feel it and be with it to back Exactly. To exactly. So, so getting one layer deeper below the label and getting curious as to what's the energy? How does it actually feel in my body? Because anxiety and excitement feel, anxiousness, I should say, right? And excitement feel very similar in the body. Um, but are you walking down the aisle about to marry the love of your life? Or did your boss call you into the office saying he wants to have a talk, right? Our mind then labels, oh, I must be anxious or I must be excited. And so let's get away from the stories and just get curious about the energy. So where do I feel that? Oh, it's in my chest. And then all the different ways that you can name it. Does it have a color? Does it have a texture? Does it have a size, a shape? Is it moving? Is it still? Is it heavy? Is it light? That is speaking in sensations. And if you put all your focus there and start to observe it in that way and get really curious about it in that way, you'll notice that the nervous system starts to process it. And you may find yourself shaking, burping, yawning, tearing, crying, getting hot, getting cold. This is your nervous system literally digesting and processing it and bringing you back from whether you were in a freeze state or you were in a fight or uh, or a flight state back to homeostasis. I love that. I've experienced that in so many different occasions where when I've allowed myself to let the sensations just run their course, it's if I, if I go into my head, then I call that an unpleasant experience. Like, let's say like a lot of heat and then I'm like, or it's just heat. You've been hot before and this is just what's happening. And then it just kind of does its thing. And to your point, if I, if I reflect back, I'm like, wow, that didn't actually last as long as I thought it really was a short period of time. Yeah. That's what I mean. 90 seconds. It's just like, Think of it like riding emotional waves. (laughs) And if you're in the ocean and you resist the wave, (laughs) what happens? You get plummeted. (laughs) And if you can ride the wave, some are big, some are small, then you can come back home to yourself. And so are all like to become resilient human beings who are able to let things be messy take messy action, take big leaps in our life, we've got to get good at riding the emotional waves because either challenges are going to arise or opportunities are going to come up in your life. And are you going to go for those opportunities? Are you going to run from the challenges? And so the more emotional resilience, the better you get at knowing how to tend to that inner child, tend to those emotions. The more, the more resilience power you have to know yourself as a creator. Most people are operating surviving life. Uh-oh, another wave is coming. 
oh fuck yeah <laughs> what do I do pull out my phone and like avoid it right mm-hmm. and instead of actually writing it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it sounds like so, those first two I mean those are there's a lot to be I'm going to use the term done but like there's a lot of time spent there because it's like it is a back and forth it's an awareness and it's acceptance it's awareness and acceptance yeah. what's the third stage getting to the root got it so getting to the root of it if it's just an emotion that's arising and it's not tied to anything in the past um then getting to the root of it really means just being with it so much so until it processes and releases um, and then a lot of times getting to the root of it when it is tied to something that we learned from mom and dad is that deeper exploration. Uh, let's rewind the movie. Now we're not going to do this. If it's a big T trauma, you're not going to go back and relive a trauma, but otherwise like, Oh, mom was, yeah, mom didn't, um, like I had a client last week that was, what did he, uh, he was very hard on himself. He feels like he messed up with his girlfriend and he's like, I just, I fucked up. I'm such an idiot. I can't get it right. And I'm like, whose energy is that? Who, who, who spoke that way to you? And he's like, that was my mom. Mm. Yeah. I, I just never did the, I never loaded the dishes right. I never cleaned right. I'm like, Hey, let's re- rewind the movie and go back to a time or can you imagine a time if you can't remember can you imagine the whole point of it is not for us we, we don't need to know we just need to connect emotionally to that experience again so a lot of I love that you say it feels like the, the needing to know comes from the head right and then the experiencing yeah. it and the connecting with it emotionally comes from the body so that it's not st- doesn't stay there exactly yeah exactly and, um, and the, you know, the, the cellular memory is there. So when you get people that say, I blocked out my childhood, I don't remember anything. Then we get to work a lot on just connecting them back to just imagining. Can you imagine a time when, when mom was like this? And then going back to that and like, what did, so paint the picture for us. Where are you? Um, what did mom say? What did you say to yourself? when that happened? What did you feel in that moment? What did you do in that moment? And if you knew you were safe, what did you need from mom? What would you have said to mom? And so we're doing, what we're doing is we're taking a loop that was incomplete, (laughs) that went into some survival pattern, and we're giving it an opportunity to complete itself. Like, what did you need in that moment so that you could reparent yourself in that moment? And then giving that to yourself, especially when it's mom related. It's self-related. It's like mom's job is done. Now can you picture your little one in front of you? What would you, you what does he or she need? Because he, this one client, he started to notice where, oh, now I talk to myself the same way mom talked to me. Mom was always judging me. And so now I judge myself. I'm like, yeah, but what did you need from mom? I needed her to tell me like, it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. Let me show you how to do it. I love you anyway. You're great. You're doing great. Everything's going to be okay. And so now that's the practice for him to start to speak to himself in that way. Yeah. And that's the stuff that's going to like be the world changer versus the exactly or inside of ourselves that we're constantly having. Exactly. Exactly. So getting to the root is that exploration of who modeled this? What did we learn? What's there? Or if it's just a sensation and it's not tied to the past, it's more than it's just allowing ourselves to hold that to be with that at 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 that level of sensation and then stage four is is replacing right so the release is going to happen in stage three and stage four is replacing this is a lot of time what i see is missing in people when they do self-development work or they do plant medicine because you can get to a lot of big release and root stuff and emotional releases. Um, but are you now replacing it with something new? Are you giving yourself a new direction? Are you editing the script and putting in a new way of being in there? Mm-hmm. And so it's this exploration of what's possible now that wasn't before. And it's not something to answer with the mind. It's more of like check in. 
what do you feel now that's available to you? What energy is available to you? We're all energy. What is that? Oh, I can hold and love myself or I am safe or it's okay to make mistakes. So whatever it is that arises as a new declaration, a new new belief, a new way of being. And then stage five is integration, education, stabilization. And this is the most important stage because lasting transformation happens in the integration. And integration is about an 18-month journey with the biggest weeds in your garden, meaning with the biggest parts of your your current character, right? The biggest roles in the movie of your life. If you are a people pleaser and everybody knows you as a people pleaser, that is a main character in the movie of your life. And if now you are clearing that one out and replacing it with someone who knows how to have boundaries, say no, take care of themselves, that's going to take a while to integrate because you're so used to playing the role of the people pleaser. And so it looks like what actions are now in alignment with those new beliefs? How does someone that has that belief act out in the world? And how quickly can you go and take that action? And what is a small that like, action? That's like almost like the, I will call it, that's like the, this whole part is, this whole thing is, can be messy, right? But like that last part is sort, sort of like, you're replacing what you were doing with a new way of being. And now you're integrating it and practicing it and on repeat, going back to your people pleaser and then catching yourself and then being in a new way of, Oh, I just saw myself people pleaser. And then I'm going to go back into that circle and like, I can choose a new way. I'm going to be proactive. And I love this because like all the stuff weaving in all the time coming from a place first and foremost, the first step you had shared was awareness. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah. Oh no. Mm. Let me, what what am I going to do different or the same? Yeah. And I love I love that you said that because it's not perfect. Integration is messy. It's, oh shit, I fell off the horse. It's not about getting it perfect. It's about how quickly can you recognize you you fell off the horse, you're misaligned and come back into alignment and shortening that time span until it's stabilized. Yeah. I like that. Like the gap gets smaller and smaller each time. Right. And the next thing you know, it, you wake up one day and you're like, I don't even remember what it was like to be that person anymore. This is so stabilized. It's like, think about the garden, right? You, uh, you, you identify the weed, you get to the root, you pull it out. You got to plant something new. You go and you plant something new. You can't just leave that garden. You have to go there and you have to water it and make sure it gets the right amount of sunlight and this and that. And for it to, first germinate, then start to sprout, and then it grows, but it's not strong yet. A storm could come and knock it back out, and eventually it grows such deep roots, deep below the ground and above the ground, that it's solid. It is stable. Nothing is ever shaking that. I mean, I, I look at like the past situation. eight. That's like yeah, I look like at your core, like exactly. messable with from your state. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I can look back at the past 18 years that I've been in this experience and there's parts of me that are fully stabilized. And I'm just like, I don't even remember what it was like to be that person anymore. That character is just non-existent in my movie. So, um, yeah, so that's the five stages. And, Love it. You know, it's something like again ever about this because there's just so I know many. we should probably we should probably do a we should probably do a part, part two because yeah, unfortunately I I have I have to hop off uh to go to another meeting <laughs> but there's well, so much I more I'd love to get into so much um I feel like one of the parts that I want to share just on like my appreciation of this is is like yeah. I said to you at the beginning is like I my first yoga training create this structure, do this thing, you know, practice it, right? What we first talked about, but like one of the pieces that maybe I was just out to lunch and I just didn't pay attention, but I just feel like the emotional practice of as much as yoga is about awareness is like, I didn't, I don't feel like I had a teacher that taught me about being in my body and letting emotions process. It was like, okay, meditate, watch your thoughts, but there was nothing. I just, again, like I might've just missed it. I didn't, put my attention on it, but I'm like the emotional body part and the nervous system and having Mm -hmm. people 
understand that it's like you're sitting in it for those purposes, not to get to what's next, to fix something, to like get a new goal, but rather so that your body can truly heal. And that's the part that's, um, you know, even my daughter's learning that in school where they pick a color of like, what color are you feeling at this moment? And then they relate to like, oh, I'm feeling sad. Like, and you know why? Like, oh, I miss my mom or I'm feeling anxious, you know, cause I have to go, I have to pick out a Halloween costume or whatever it is. And, um, or I'm feeling they, they tie it to yellow. Like I'm feeling nervous and wiggly and da, 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 da. And I just think that's like emotion, at least starting to talk about emotions so that there's space for it, not from a place of being in it so that we aren't storing that stuff in our body and ending up with all these diseases at the end of the day for exactly. It's the key. It's really, it's the key and we hold the key and our emotions, which is our energy is the key. And all we need to learn is to be an energetic Jedi. <laughs> how to be a Jedi with your emotions, how to, you know, get better at feeling so that we can feel better. Yeah. And so, you know, I know we said about like the rapid fire, but last question that I have for you before we wrap is if your mess is your message, yeah. what else, if anything, do you want to share with those that are listening? Be an energetic Jedi and... and be loving and patient with yourself. Loving and patient. Thank you for listening. If what you heard today lit you up in any way, please take the time to subscribe, like, and share the podcast with your friends. It'll help us reach more people in courageously and confidently rocking life. Make sure you follow me on Instagram to see the messy fun I'm up to at the Adrian Smith. And check out my current wellness events and coaching programs on my website, alignedlivingnow.com. I look forward to being with you next week. Until then, get messy.